Hello and welcome to the Links Literature Saga. I'm Rachel. I'm Aiden. I'm Malachi. And if you are new here, welcome. We are just a bunch of high schoolers who like to talk about our class readings. Well, like to. That's a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. These texts are great pieces. Um, but if you watched our last podcast, thank you so much. Our last podcast was called Rest in Peace, where we talked about how people perceive death and how death makes people feel. So if you haven't checked that out, please go watch it. Um, that was our first podcast. So if you didn't like it or you didn't think it was very good, please stay here. Give us another shot. We've got a lot planned for you today. We've got two great pieces of text. We've got a great um, topic to talk about that I'm very interested in, that we're very interested in. So we hope you're interested in too. So we're just going to get right into it. Start off with some good vibes. Thank you guys so much. Okay, so our two pieces of text evidence. One is Young Goodman Brown, and we will get into these summaries later, but one piece is called Young Goodman Brown, and the other piece is called Lygia, which Lygia is by the famous Edgar Allan Poe. If you haven't heard of him, we're going to talk about him later too, because he's a very interesting guy and an amazing author. Now, our main focus today is going to be how the female, the women, are perceived in these stories, and how the narrators talk about them and what they do in the story and things we're going to focus on them we're going to that's what our main focus is going to be on and we're going to have some discussion about that we're going to compare the text and i hope you guys really really enjoy it so let's go Alrighty, so the first piece we're going to be summarizing today is Young Goodman Brown. And this is just going to be like a brief overview of what the story really had. So it kind of begins with introducing this man who is newlywed um, of about three months, I think it says. Um, he's He and his wife are living in a Puritan community and he has to leave for the day and he tells her that he's just going to be gone for a little bit and he'll be right back. But what he's doing is he is leaving to go on a walk in the woods with this guy. And on their walk, as it starts to get darker, they start to see more and more people. And these people are not doing great things. A lot of it kind of hints at like witchcraft and different really dark things happening. And as he progresses through the forest, he kind of gets more and more distraught and kind of... I don't know, it kind of ruins his moral spectrum. And partway, like, towards the end of his walk through the forest, he realizes that his wife is also there, which really ruins his moral compass. And the next day, as everything seems to be fine, um, he sees his wife, and things are just really different than the way they were the day before. Okay, so the wife is actually, um, says in the text, aptly named Faith, and it mentions several times her pink ribbons that she has in her hat. And they say that she's aptly named because she's supposed to represent, like, the innocence and the faith in the story. 
And when he sees her in the woods, it kind of ruins his moral compass because he realizes that the faith is now gone and that there's not any innocence left if she's also involved in these things. So when he comes, returns back to town at the end, he can't even look at her the same way that he did before because now all of the innocence and youthfulness that he saw in her is gone. Okay, now moving on to Lygia. So Lygia is actually the name of the woman in this story. And the narrator is Edgar Allan Poe himself. So he talks about how this woman, Lygia, is just beautiful, amazing. He goes deep into how she looks, calling her eyes orbs and brilliancy, almost startling every ray the holy light which fell upon them in her in her place it's he is just overly stunned by her but he only talks about how she looks and how she makes him feel she only has one line in the story and that's when she's dying and it's really nothing to give her personality it's just to show that she's scared to die which who wouldn't be but overall in the story he for so many paragraphs, he's just talking about her and how she looks, how he feels about her. And then she passes away, which is very, very heartbreaking to him. And he manages to move on and find another wife, which he marries. And they have some issues, of course, but not really much to think of. They're just not, it just wasn't my idea. And toward the end of the story, his wife that he married now has fell ill and she is I believe passing away I don't know if she had just fallen ill but there's a part where he says I trembled not I stirred not for the crowd of the utterable connected with the air the stature the demeanor of the figure rushed hurriedly through my brain had paralyzed had chilled me into stone moving on later he says I shrieked aloud, can I never, can I never be mistaken? These are the full and the black and the wild eyes of my lost love of Lady, of Lady Lygia. So, supposedly, Lygia comes back to life. And she's standing right in front of him. But she's not as pretty as she seems. She just, he does recognize her by her eyes, which he spent a whole paragraph on the first page describing them beautifully and majestically, as he would say. But it was just something that not everyone was expecting, especially since when we first met Lygia, there was not much character behind her. But the story was, took a very good turn and it was a very interesting story. So going in specifically to these female characters, going into Lygia, um, there's a part where he says, I cannot now bring these points to mind because in truth, the character of my beloved, her rare learning, her singular yet placid cast of beauty and the thrilling and eloquent of her low music language 
made their way into my heart by paces so steadily and stealthily. This is him describing Lygia for himself. That is how she was described. She was never really got the chance to be her. Like, we saw her speak one sentence, which was, Oh God, half shrieked Lygia, leaping to her feet. Oh God, oh Divine Father, shall these things be so un devilating so she doesn't want to die but that's a characteristic i feel that everyone would have hopefully no one not everyone wants to die um now going into young goodman brown where we see how she is portrayed well in the beginning um from the first paragraph is and faith as the wife as the wife was aptly named thrust her own head out into the street, letting the wind play with her pink ribbons of her cap. To a very distinct change in the end, when young Gimbin Brown is describing seeing her as he's coming back from the woods. Turning the corner by the meeting house, he spied the head of Faith with the pink ribbons, gazing anxiously forth, and brushed, burst into such joy at the sight of him that she skipped along the street and almost kissed her husband before the whole village. But Goodman Brown looked sternly and sadly into her face and passed on without a greeting. You can tell that there's just such a distinct difference from the beginning to the end that he truly did lose his faith and could not seem to go on without the innocence that she brought for him. So as we've kind of connected from these two stories is that both these characters really did not have much of characteristics, which I personally feel is unfair. I feel like they should have been more dominant and that Lygia was just looked upon as a figure that her beauty, that it only mattered what she made him feel. Same with young Goodman Brown. She was the innocent one. She was the one who was supposed to be happy, that thing. But both these characters did a complete 180. Lygia came back from the dead. She was not just suddenly just a figure. She was coming back from the dead. That's not something that's not something that happens. Same with Yinkum and Brown. Um, Faith was found in the woods where the bad things were happening. She was no longer innocent. And only he knew that, which he can no longer go on to live with which is very good that both these characters were affected by these female leads i just personally feel that they were portrayed as too much of something that was there not something that was involved almost like an object instead of a person yeah they didn't have real characteristics other than just being the their look yeah the look or the feeling that had to be brought into the piece that they couldn't just put on something else. And even though that they were the turning point, I just feel like we needed to know them, not even, not even on a personal level, just maybe have them talk more. Maybe we could have found out at the beginning of Young Goodman Brown that she wasn't that innocent. And we could have had foreshadowing of that. Yeah, It was just both these characters were very abrupt, different, snap, change. 
Lydia was beautiful. Now she's coming back from the dead. She's not pretty anymore when she's from the dead. Of course, she's still wanted. He is still in love with her. Whereas the opposite with Dan Goodman Brown is um, Faith was no longer innocent. He no longer wanted her. It's two diff It's completely two different texts, but both the female characters are portrayed in the same way. I mean, even when they gave Lydia a line, it wasn't even spoken from her. It was spoken from his perspective. His perspective. As a quote. Correct. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I think the only quotes that Faith actually has in this is just basically telling him not to leave. And to like... Um, Begging. Yeah. Being in love with him. Everything matters and for him. Even yeah. at the end, when he's no longer in love with her, the focus is that he's no longer in love with her. That sure. she is the one who's not innocent. Yet yeah. he was the one who walked into the woods first. Yep. Even though he was the one who was also in the wrong and didn't seem to matter at it's all. It's not his fault. It's only hers. Yeah. Correct. His innocence is gone. Why did the innocence have to be her? I get what the author is trying to portray, but I it really wasn't even his. Right. It's just these female characters just feel so... They're such a big part of the story, but there's not enough about them. They just really don't get their own part. They're just the complement to making the guy look a certain way. Yes, feel a certain way, all those things. Yeah. It's just crazy how that can be the main part of your story in... They barely even have a line or two. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed those texts and what we compared them to. We feel very strongly about our opinion, but we're going to go into the author of Lygia, which is Edgar Allan Poe, which I hope you've heard of him. He has a very, very... I don't want to say messed up past, but he did not live a perfect life. Yeah. Um, he struggled a lot. <clears throat> um, just like he, just his family and childhood. Uh, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe had like the advantage of going to school, but they were constantly in poverty. They didn't really have these extra things. The only thing that they could really afford is the essentials, which is... Crazy to think how, like, someone who's so well-known was so, like, low, so poor. And the other thing is, he was also like that as he was becoming, like, an amazing famous writer. Like, he was still, um, one of the articles we read, he was, it talked about him weeks, a few weeks before one of his major pieces was published. He was on the streets begging people for money so that he could just buy bread. Because he, that was what he was living on. He was living on, like, bread. And he couldn't even afford it. Yeah. And going in deeper, <coughs> he experienced a lot of death in his life. He had a lot of his significant others die. He had... And family members. Yeah. His mother and wife both died of uh, tuberculosis. And the person he was in love with also died, even though she was one of his friend's mothers. <laughs> not sure how well that relationship was going to work out either way but that is why most of his stories the main like the title is about a woman like Lygia and the woman the women die and they're the main focus of the story usually 
um, but he has wrote very many great pieces. He wrote a poem called Annabelle Lee, which I have a friend who's named after that poem. And I would just recommend looking into him. He's he's not your typical author where, oh, I grew up writing in college and then I had this great idea for a book. He lived he lived his stories. Yeah. Yeah. He, his only influences, like, if you think about it, like, all these people have, like, influences of big authors. Oh, I read him, and I grew up loving his work. Yeah, like, these, no. like I love this book. It's just, like, influence. His influence was himself. It was him, his life. He just had this different perspective of life than anyone else had, and that's what kind of made him known, because he yeah. had this, like, totally separate perspective compared to everyone else, because they all grew up having everything. And he just used it to kind of twist his writings and make them just so, like, intriguing. So mysterious, too, at the same time. But you also have to remember, they were not for everyone. A lot of his pieces got rejected first time they were looked at because people didn't like how dark they were. I mean, he had, what, two? Two magazines that he tried starting and they both failed. Yeah. And then he... One novel that he made got very poor reviews and he vowed to never make another. It's crazy because he's such a big author and um, poet in our society. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a staple in almost every English classroom. Like and, ours. <laughs> I mean, we've been reading him since like, was it seventh or eighth grade? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Like middle school. Like middle school. We've yeah. been reading him. Like he was just like, Kind of like back in his time, he was kind of like a disappointment to society. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, he was ahead of Truly. his time. That's a good way to put it. Because now that he, he's like, like you guys said, he's a, he's a staple. He's so well known. He's, I mean, you say Edgar Allan Poe and you may not know his pieces, but you know who he is. Yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy how like, like him during his time was kind of a disappointment, but his legacy is what was so amazing about him is what he left behind. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm just going to go back through on what we did. We summarized Youngman Brown in that story, Ligia in that story, and we compared the female relationships and how they don't really say much. They don't really have much of a character. They represent the good. They look good. They are good. That's what women are supposed to be. But yet in both these, the characters, the female characters change at the end, and they kind of affect the main narrators. But... Again, they still only have one or two sentences. Why couldn't they have had more? Why couldn't we have had foreshadowing that this was going to happen? We just, I feel, we feel that they need a little bit more, that they deserve more. They need more credit than they really got. Exactly. The narrator didn't change just by himself. The female characters were very strongly an influence of this. They were really like the turning points of the whole stories. Right. They're not just a picture. They're a human. Yes. Give them characteristics. And people need to know that in society today, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So our signature thing that we like to do when we conclude. Oh, oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I forgot. We also summarized Edgar Allan Poe, which is a famous author. We talked about him. We talked about the things that he's done, his stories, and how we feel about him. And please, if you're interested in that, look him up. Do some more research. He is a great author. Okay. Now, I just got, I got too excited. Our signature thing that we like to do 
is we like to compare a movie to an episode that to the episode that we have. So we've been talking a lot about female characters. So we're gonna give everyone a second to think. Um, what is your favorite movie where the lead role is a very empowering woman? Okay. I'm going to take this. Mine is actually uh, Hidden Figures, which, like, has quite a few leading women. Um, three, really. But it's, if you're not, like, if you don't know what this movie is, it was about the women at NASA who um, kind of ran the whole place. Uh, yeah, uh, mine, which is going to sound kind of funny, but, like, probably one of my top ten movies, Moana. It's just great. Just to, like, how, like, kind of the same scenario that these girls are in. Maui didn't think that she was all that, but then in the end, he she saved him. And it was mm-hmm. just great. My favorite is 13 Going on 30, which the main character is 13 years old, and she's suddenly thrown into a 30-year-old's life, and she just has to figure out love, and she has to figure out all these things, but she does it all by herself, which she didn't think she was capable of, and she falls for the nerd, which I'm always a sucker for a good romantic story. <laughs> but she just runs the place, and she owns the place, and that's what I want to do when I'm 30. Um, so, yeah, I really think that's it. I really hope the music didn't put you to sleep. Please let us know if you liked it or not. We were just trying to mix it up a little bit. We hoped you guys liked the new microphone, too, that we used. We really spiced it up this time. That was our goal. So thank you guys for listening. Please, if you enjoyed these texts, go look deeper into them. Young Goodman Brown and Ligia are the names. And yes, thank you guys for watching Link's Literature Saga. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.